This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. What's going on, everybody? Happy Friday out there to you for another special edition of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I am your host, Christian Piles, joined as always, 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 by my mainest man, Willie Saylor, Willie Smalls. We're all in the house. We're ready. I am mostly recovered from what can only be described as a 24-hour case of Ebola. Um, I'm recovered and, and feeling um, ready to do this show, and this is may- maybe one of the most important shows we've ever done in the 18-episode history. What do you think, Willie? No, I think it's one of the most important shows done in uh, world history, broad- broadcast journalism history. Yeah, uh, I agree, and we are we are so excited that uh, Jason Borelli is going to be on. He's going to be calling us here in the next minute or so to get on. He was he is on the seating committee. And um, uh, we're, we're gonna, we got a lot of questions. The whole country's got a lot of questions. Mike Tex. I want answers. Y- you want answers. You want the truth? I want the whole truth. You can't handle the truth. Maybe that's what we'll learn. We cannot handle the truth, but um, it, it's... Well, there's, there's a lot of discrepancies, so let's, you know, let's get some clarity. 100%. There's a lot of... Um, I mean, now listen, Jason Braley's an awesome dude, right? But, right. Like, and he's going to... He's going to give us some some answers, right? But I feel like unless there's some sort of revelation, I feel like there's discrepancies that no one can explain. I like you know, he's going to try. He's going to give it the old college try. Yep, and he's calling right now. Let's ring him in. We're going to add to a group call right there. Coach Borelli, are you there? I'm here. You're here. Well, welcome. Uh, Willie's here as well. And uh Let's start things off. How are you doing? You said you were getting some wind sprints in early. Yeah, I'm doing well. I appreciate you guys having me on. Um, good 7 o'clock here on the West Coast. So got up at about 6 o'clock. I was so excited to get on the show that I've just been uh, getting my warm-up in. I'm ready to go. Nice, nice. We appreciate nice. you you starting your day maybe a little earlier to accommodate for our for our time here. Um, so, so basically, let's start kind of broader, and then we'll maybe – narrow it in as it starts. Explain uh, how long have you been on the committee, who's on the committee, and uh, just how maybe this process uh, works from a, a mechanical standpoint, I guess. Sure. So this will be my fourth year. Um, I'll go off the committee this September. Um, typically, committee members serve four-year terms. Um, how the process of getting on it goes is there's nominations that go out through conference offices, so your league office will get a memo from the NCAA and it'll ask for, um, for them to uh, nominate some, some people in their conference. and then it's, know, a four, it's a four-year term? It is. They're four-year terms. So I, like, I feel like Minkle's been on the committee since 63. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe. <laughs> um, but it is a four, there are four-year terms. Now, there have been people, they overlap them by two years. So, you know, three of us come on. Three of us came on the same time. Three of us are going off, but then, um, you know, there's overlap. So, so not a, it's not a full turnover every four years. Does that make sense? So, yeah. for instance, we had some new ones come on. They'll be on it. We go off, and then, um, you know, I I think they've already determined who's replacing us. Believe that process has been done, and so myself, Tom Minkle, and Deb Polka from Old Dominion will go off, and they'll bring in three new. Um, I'm not sure if that's been released, but I think it has because people have, have at least mentioned to me who's going on. I believe the uh, Northern Iowa um, athletic director and then Brian Smith from Missouri, I believe, and then uh, one other coach. And I think I heard it was uh, Bob Patnevsky from Davidson. So I'm not I, positive I think, that. I think Brian Smith might have to be on it. <laughs> well, they, got some, they got some good seeds. Yeah, that's yeah. I guess that's what I've been hearing. When everyone runs it, runs it out, they they are sitting pretty good. So, um, no, definitely, 
he's not on it, but um, maybe it appears that way. Um, so anyway, yeah, th- four-year terms, and yeah, that's that's it. So okay, so let's let's fast forward a little bit. It's um it's time to seed. Explain what what the process is like is for because from what I've heard and I haven't got the details. That's why we've got you on because you can just cut through it all. That it's kind of like a more or less a computer generated thing. And are you guys just there overseeing the process or how much discretion and voice do you have? And are you and Coach Minkle the only two coaches on the committee? Um, we are the only two coaches currently. Yes, um, that's correct. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I'll, I will walk you through the process. So I would say this. Obviously, you know, we can discuss right or wrong. That That's a completely different subject. But, you know, I'll tell you it is what it is right now. I, and I, I'll explain kind of how the process works, although this has been explained numerous times. But I think sometimes uh, people just don't either follow, you know, NCAA Championships Manual. And, and really, even if you read that stuff, it's deeper than that. So I can understand how people might not really understand, like, the root of how it works. So I'll, I'll do my best to explain that. It is very – not really complex when you're in there and you see it makes sense. Um, you know, you can follow it, but it's hard to verbalize. I think visually, visually when you're seeing it, it's a different story, but so basically think of it, think of it this way. You go in and you're going to compare the field of 33 and you're going to take each person and you're going to compare them side by side to all other 32 people in that qualifying pool. So, so once the field is established, um, so you got, you know, let's, you work top down. You take Alan Waters. I uh, apologize if you guys hear my – I'm trying to turn my computer noise down. My emails are coming through. But, so you've got Alan Waters. You're going to put him in a matrix next to Nashawn Garrett, Joey Dance, Thomas L. Boyle, Gilman, all the way down, one by one, okay? And that matrix um, is a, a weighted matrix when you compare the guys side by side, and you're trying to earn the overall win, okay, So which will give you a win if you beat them in the matrix side by side. So you compare every single guy – to one another. What, if you think of this, there's 33 guys, which means the most anyone could come away with is 32 points. So if Alan Waters side by side beats all 32 other guys, he'll come away with 32 matrix points. Does that make so? So now, now let's talk about how you earn the matrix win to give yourself a point against another guy. That's where we use a weighted grid that has um, you know a handful of different things you look at with the number one weight being on head-to-head competition. So imagine you're comparing yourself, for instance, let's just look at Waters and Garrett. You know, they're side-by-side. You're going to run through this matrix to see who gets the point. Um, A head-to-head win is worth six points. So if you beat a guy head-to-head, you're already 25% up on him in the matrix. All right. Mm -hmm. Now the next biggest thing that we put the weight on is quality wins. All right. And that can earn you 20% of the matrix. So if you have – more quality wins. Um, let's say he beats you head to head. He's got six points started right off the bat, and then you have more quality wins than him. Okay, you can capture four points on him. Now he doesn't lose all those four points if he has no quality wins. He can close the gap on you, but if he has more quality wins, he's going to always come out with the four points. So I guess in theory, I'm just trying to keep you guys like kind of seeing this visually. Mm-hmm. Let's right. say let's say Waters beats Garrett head to head. He's got six, but then Garrett turns around and has more quality wins, so he gets four there, all right? And then, but Waters also has a couple quality wins, so maybe he still gets two, so that the matrix score right now is eight to four, right? So Waters got two for his quality wins. He didn't get the four because Garrett had more, but he's got two. So so he's got the head-to-head, which gives him six, plus the two is eight, and now Garrett's got four. So, so then you go down. The next thing would be coaches' rank. Whoever has the higher coaches' rank is going to get a point because that's only weighted at 10%. All right. So, so, you know, if Waters is ahead of him now, he's at nine to four on Garrett. And right. And so you work through this. There's an RPI where you can you're fighting for a point. There's win percentage where you're fighting for a point. Right. And so on. And so you're going to compare every guy side by side against the entire field, and everyone's going to get a starting number. Right, and you'll go down, and you can imagine most of our number one seeds started with a 32 because in a side-by-side grid, they beat every single person in the field. Mm-hmm. All right, and now if you're not within three points, so this is where the big dilemma comes in, and I get it, and I understand. If you're not within three points on the matrix grid and the starting value, end of discussion. Right, so you have to be within three points to be able mm-hmm. to argue to to move ahead, okay. and so, so, so. 
you know, you work down and, and you get into a situation where you got four guys that are within three points. Well, that's when we dig into the data even more. And that's where we start looking at, you know, um, something like tiering the quality wins. We say, okay, who, who's got better quality wins, right? Who, who's, beat, who's beat a number four guy in the country, which we give a five-point value to, you know, because we, we, view, that, we view that as um, – you know, a tier one, which a tier one quality win is worth five points, a tier two, four, and like you go down and, and then we, there's a little subjectivity to it and you can dig into, you know, well, he, he won the last meeting, you know, you can have that discussion and you can so, have that debate of, does it matter if you beat him in November or March, but you know, yada, yada, yada. So I don't know if that like really cl- like clears up a little bit of how this gets to where it is, but so a perfect, for, a, for, a, for a tangible, for a kind of tangible example. Um, so you would say, I mean, like a Devin Carter would, I'm assuming that this came into play with Devin Carter. So Devin Carter probably under this scenario, what I'm gathering is wasn't within three points of of Port or uh, Mays, uh, so that it couldn't even be argued. That's correct. That's correct. That's exactly right. And 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 here's the thing: whether right or wrong, you know, I feel like you know I could stand up, stop my feet, you know throw my arms up, walk out of the room and say, this is ridiculous, right? You know, I don't, I don't believe this eyeball test tells you, you know, otherwise and this and that. And I get that. And I know that that there's a part of that, especially in media because, Mm -hmm. but but we, we follow the guidelines and and here's the thing, you know, obviously again, everyone's going to get, we're never going to get on the same page across the country in wrestling of of what's right. Some people are going to say, we can't factor in last year's, um, you know, situation. We've got to look at the current year. Um, Some are going to say the other way. You know, when you get into a seating room, you've got to follow guidelines that are already established. I feel like that, you know, this April we come back and we have our meeting, and I've got a lot of things. I'm going off the committee, but I'm going to voice a lot of things to, to my colleagues and peers who have voting power and say, you know, here, here's what I've heard from coaches. Here's what I've heard from other people. I really feel like, you know, we need to take this into account. And there's things that are already in the, on my mind, uh, you know, things like – we don't put other than the win percentage, you know, so you're going to get a point if you have a better win percentage. We don't put a lot of weight on, on the, the, I guess in, in this word, unquality loss, right? The, the guy who, who loses. Yeah. He, he, he's got a lot of quality wins and, and some really good guys, but he's lost seven times. And, and three of them are, are, you know, guys that yeah. are, you know, 33, 32, whatever. So I can see where that's skewed. And I think, I think, you know, when you get down to a guy who has six loss and a guy has two, you know, there's got to be some merit on that. Now, we do look at win percentage, so it comes in and you can lose the point. But if you had a lot of quality wins, you're going to get so far ahead in the matrix that the win percentage point is, is almost irrelevant, you know. So, so, so I so, feel like those are things that I'm thinking about, and, and we have to have that discussion, and I need feedback, right? You know, we – So we, I, I – uh, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I, I – understand the need for a process and I understand and appreciate the process and, and the need for uh, like math science uh, to come into play to start with some kind of rubric that's not um, that's not conjecture and, and subjective and, and political um, and so you know I think I think you guys I think it's right that there's a process however I guess um, and I, I guess there's no blame there, right? For me, anyway. Um, but so, with that being said, what I'm interested in is is what, okay. So when this math comes into play and these formulas come into play, I guess I'm interested in the specific cases. Like how how is uh, Josh Kindig who um, beat the number one seed not seated? Right. I mean, well, his point. <laughs> he didn't have close to uh, enough points, or so. No, he he may have, you know, honest to goodness, I, I mean, golly, you, you see so many so many different numbers and you have discussions about so many different guys. I, I think off the top of my head, if I'm digging back as close as much as I can in my memory, I think he was um, he was either just outside. You know, you've got to remember this. Here's one thing with with the Big Twelve. This hurt a lot of their guys, um, rightfully so. I'm not the one to make that decision. I mean, it just did in this instance, right? So. When you're looking at a Big 12 guy, one of the one of the side-by-side matrix categories as you're trying to win that matrix point, you know, in a head-to-head, is um, your finish relative to an AQ, right? So in your conference, where you finished, and and if you finished one outside, another guy finished four outside of an AQ, the guy who finished closer to the AQ spot 
is going to get the matrix point, right? So to give some merit on what you do in your conference tournament. With the, with the, with the Big 12 guys, none of those guys were scoring points because their conference wasn't an AQ conference. And so they couldn't win that matrix point, you know, if they needed. So if it came down to comparing guys side to side, and they were, they could, you could conceivably think about this, where they're going to lose if, if it's real tight and you're getting down to that group of 16 or seeds of 14. When you look at them side by side, they're not capable of scoring the one point on someone to win that head-to-head comparison, if that makes sense to you. Yeah. Um, I, and so, so, again, is that right? You know, that's what we need to discuss moving forward, and we need to mm-hmm. come in April when we have our meetings. We need to look at that. But, but you also um, you can't just say, well, he's Josh Kendig, and, you know, you, you want to keep it very objective or subjective, although, like, you're going to bring subjectivity into it a little bit, but you don't want to penalize the guy who, who did the right things, too, and was in an AQ conference and, and finished one outside, and, like, you can't just take that away from him, yeah. you know. So, so, like, that's where that – like discussion comes in, and I and I get it, but but I know in the Big 12 situation there were some guys that that unfortunately might have been, um, you know they it didn't work out in a lot of their guys probably best interest. Um, maybe it helps. I, I don't know, but but I just know that in that specific instance that that may have come up in his case. I don't know for sure. Um, I can't remember where he fell originally on the point value, so hard for me to say. So one thing that I noticed a, a common thread along. Lo- a lot of the kind of the seeds that I thought were just off was that it it's essentially doesn't matter at all who you lose to. And I think that is a, a, a very important component of the seeding process that LaVon Mays loses to two guys that are, you know, seated quite low and that Sean Boyle loses to two unseated guys in a 16 seed. That should seem to matter considering Thomas Gilman has um, only lost to the elite and has elite wins. And think of someone like Dylan Peters, whose losses are only to numbers one, two, and three. He beats number four, okay, which is a better win than Boyle even has, and yet he's a nine seed. So it it seems like it it only matters that you accumulate wins, and you can lose to just about anybody. Um, And I think that is a huge, huge missing variable. And who you lose to says as much, or if not more, than about uh, who you are as as a a win does. So I and I, I Christian, I agree completely, and that's the one area where where I feel like moving into April that I'm really gonna um, you know voice that that exact concern. I just think that, like I said, I don't know if you call them. There's quality wins and then there's unquality losses, right? Exactly. There's, you're losing to bad guys. So I feel like that that's got to come into more play than just win percentage, right? So so you are taking into account in the matrix grid win percentage, and so obviously if a guy has six losses or eight. He's going to have a, a lower win percentage, so he'll probably lose out on that that matrix point. But, and I think that's fair because you don't want you don't want to start a situation where where guys are just trying to to get the win percentage point, so they're not going to wrestle anyone worth a lick, you know. So you want to you want to encourage guys to continue to wrestle the best guys, and and you want to reward them when they beat good guys, but you also need to have a penalizing factor that's heavier than it currently is um, if if you're losing to guys that aren't quality and, and I agree with that and I don't know just you know right now in this conversation the right way to fix it but I do know that that's been voiced by many people and so that's something that I'm going to take back in April and, and I really encourage people coaches especially you know to, to give advice like that um, we've tweaked a lot of things over the last three years since I've been on the committee you know you kind of you kind of go in and you, you this is what it is now it's let's give advice let's try to change it and so one of the big ones last year was tweaking the tiering of the quality wins. It used to be, you know, four quality wins over, over 20, 25, 26, and 27 was just as, you know, j- meant just as much as a, as a win over, um, you know, three wins over, you know, two, four, and seven. And, and that didn't seem fair at all. So, you know, you tier them into categories now where, you, where there's a five-point quality win, a four-point, a three-point, a two-point, a one-point, which then – really helps in that situation. But now I think we need to revisit, um, you know, the, the component of a bad loss, right? And so um, that's just my personal opinion, and I'm one vote, right? I'm not – there's six of us that vote. I think it's, it's interesting, um, you being from the Pac-12, I think, I think what we're getting at is kind of interesting because you – if you're only based on quality wins, um, then 
there's only so many opportunities to face quote unquote quality guys uh, where I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I would think the East Coast and the Midwest teams face a lot of quote unquote quality guys more often. I'll take, take a guy like Dylan Peters, who uh, he beat Nathan Tomasello. Uh, his losses are only to uh, Waters and who? Garrett and, Garrett and Dance. He lost to the okay. top three seeds only. So um, I, I just think, especially for the second half of the year, uh, you, you guys out west, um, you don't yeah. have a, a chance to hit a, a, a Thomas Gilman every week or a Nathan Tomasello every week. There- very good point, and that that was my, a huge concern of mine, uh, Willie. So I'm glad great minds think alike. When I first got on the committee, because you know I'm thinking of the Bakersfields, the Cal Polys, who who don't you know get to. So what we did do, and this was another tweak that I think has been great, is their unique quality wins. So it wouldn't matter if you beat, it wouldn't matter if you wrestled in the Big Ten and you have three wins over, you know you beat the same guy three times and he was quality three times and he's quality. You're only going to get credit for one of those. So mm-hmm. so. Now, if I wrestle, so you can imagine where, in theory, a guy might have 11 quality wins, but, but you know, a bunch of them are double up. So in, now it, it comes down to rolling, he only has five. And so it kind of levels out. So because you can, you know, we're going to get at least a couple opportunities to beat guys. And if we make the most of it, you know, we're going to get four or five quality wins. If you, like you said, if you're in the EIWA or the Big Ten and you're seeing them all the time at all the Open, you're going to get more opportunities. Well, at least it takes into account unique ones. So it wouldn't matter if you beat a guy multiple times. That's not mm-hmm. going to give you value. And, okay. and that, was a, that was a tweak that went in to kind of help alleviate that. I don't, I don't know if that makes sense to you. That, yes, yes. Does the, yep. the timing of a win or loss, does that have any merit whatsoever? That's a, that is a great question, Christian. Um, currently, unless it's a tiebreaker situation where you're looking at guys individually – and you're really looking deep down because they were within the, the, the number of matrix points that gives you that. That was a subjective um, opportunity for us to, to make that decision. In theory, when, you're, when the computer is going through it and giving us our starting values, it doesn't. It, just, it doesn't differentiate you know, a win in November from a win you know, in the conference meet. It, it's all part of the season. It doesn't know dates. And so you know, unless we start individually comparing the guys because they were close enough, then we can subjectively use that and take it into account. Um, and that came up, you know, I'd say, um, you know, coaches, you know, not myself, Coach Minkle brought that up and was really fighting because obviously it's really hard to say, you know, I just beat you in a Big Ten tournament, yet you're going to be seated three spots ahead. You know, there's, there's that debate, and, and I get it. And I, I, I don't disagree with that, but I certainly defended the system at the time. You know, I said, you know, that's what we need to discuss in April because that's the forum for change. It's not, you know, right this second. And unfortunately, there were guys that weren't in discussion with one another, so we couldn't even subjectively make that decision. But there were a couple times uh, where they were, you know, where they were they were two or three guys that we were looking at, and, and we were kind of like, okay, this guy won the last meeting. We've got to find a tiebreaker. We've got to figure this out. So I hope it is, I, hopefully that made sense to you. Let me, let me ask you again. Um... Specific cases, because uh, I, while I, I, I understand rudimentarily about the, the process and the, and the uh, matrix, um, I don't fully grasp it. Um, so let me ask you about a specific, a specific case, because sometimes the, um, what you're saying is sometimes it seems like the conference tournament matters and sometimes it doesn't. Um, and let me ask you specifically about uh, Jesse Tilkey. Okay, uh, he comes in now. Seton Hall Pirates uh, abacus isn't the same as the Matrix, I'm sure, but it's probably ballpark. And Jesse Tilkey went into the conference tournament at three and eight. He went two and three at the conference tournament. According to Seton Hall Pirate, he was the 39th, had the 39th best number, but he got in as a wild card. Um, you have any? In, input about that or, or? Um, he was he was one of the at-larges that we put in I can't remember you know I wish I could remember the pool so let's um, that that matrix is used similarly unfortunately and or fortunately I don't know I mean for some guys it probably came out in their favor some from some it hurt them I, I would know well, a couple of our guys got hurt by that when you're looking at that large pool the one difference with that large pool 
that, that people don't realize is that in that large pool, a quality win, okay, so, so we've got to define what a quality win is first. I don't know if I mentioned this, but a quality win is a win over an original, you know, a guy who, who was an a, or a, um, a gold or silver, so uh, he was originally allocated a spot and then still advances through his tournament to the conference. So it's not a guy who gets into the national championship. You have to have earned the spot for your conference and then advance to the conference. So when you're in the at-large pool, there could have been some guys who had some good wins, but those guys got upset at their conference, and so they're in the at-large pool with them. And when that happens, their wins are no longer quality. Um, you know, once 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 you get put into the tournament and we're seeding, you go into the seeding, those people are once again quality. But for the purposes of in the at-large pool, um, you know, and I can think of an instance in ours where we had a win over a guy, but he he did he was originally a gold, but he didn't advance through his conference tournament. So you're not getting credit for quality in that situation. I I don't know if that was the 141 pound situation with Bilkey, but it may have been that a couple guys weren't getting credit for quality wins because the guy hadn't advanced to the nationals, if that makes sense. And again, mm -hmm. I don't remember that weight in depth perfectly. Um, I, I wish I had a list of – I wish I could pull my notes out and maybe look at the guys who were in the pool fighting for the spots, and, and maybe I could remember a little bit more. But um, so, so yeah, that, that's just um, maybe where he, he landed. Is, um, is there any push or, or um, you know, recommendation to try to get non-big uh, conference guys a, a little more love? Is there um, – is, is that something that you kind of – you guys are looking for when you give guys a little bit higher seed than maybe they deserve. Is there is that kind of um, parity at all? Is that something that's considered? Absolutely not. You know, and maybe maybe indirectly by me because I obviously want to support the uh, the smaller programs. But but no, it it never um, it never comes up. It's never been an issue. There is never discussion about well, this guy wrestles for so and so. Let's let's really push him over the edge over this guy. Never once has that that been, um, you know, discussed or talked about or used. And nor, right. you know, I just hear some crazy things, you guys, like that are just absolutely ridiculous. You know, that the NCAA has got their own motive to this. And 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 I'd say this, you know, really, we, in a lot of ways, we're the NCAA, the six people. They guide us. They they serve at our pleasure. They sit in there to keep us on track. You know, they're they're overseeing what's happening. But but the six of us are the ones that that can have an influence if we came in there and we took a stance we put our foot down and we said this is how we're doing it next year period um and we convinced other people on the committee to do that uh you know i think that's what it, what would happen um so it's not you know it's not this you know we're dictated and they're slamming something down our throat and they have a mm -hmm. hidden agenda you know it's a it's a very you know i don't know who started this this exact process was already in line when i joined i've just been a part of trying to help tweak it and change it um maybe it's maybe it's you know, time to relook at the whole process in general. Yes. Um, but of course, I'm going off the committee, so I'm not going to be the person that, that uh, can do that and make the change because I won't be voting on on this moving forward. But but there is none of that. There's no you know redrawing the brackets, putting people in where you want, and and saying, well, we want to we want to give this guy this matchup and that and that. Absolutely not. You know, the, the computer pops it out and here's your bracket. You know, one time, you know, one and done, and here here you go. So there's just, you know, you hear all kinds of conspiracy theories, and I just chuckle, um, you know, being inside the room and right. knowing what really right. happens. But I guess there's the idea of, you know, it seems not quite as transparent as people would like. And I think that's part of the reason I wanted to come on here is because I don't think anyone in that room wants it to not be transparent. I just think um, some people don't see the whole thing and, and and some people don't even know even some of the small parts that are in the championship manuals about kind of the matrix and all this stuff yeah i mean it's it's very enlightening and i think um i'm it's it, you know it's a little bit easier to swallow when you know what the process is and what the system is and that it's recognized that maybe there needs to be some some tweaks <clears throat> to the system but um let me ask you this, because I'm, I'm curious about this. Um, it, it sounds like there is a, a kind of a window for the coaches to put in a, a protest, if you will. Um, is that correct or incorrect? Um, 
you mean there's a there's like a platform and a time for them to voice their voice their their right so so let me yeah yeah because you said if if they're within three points it could be talked about or or something to that effect and um all right let let me just give a a, an example uh anthony ashnall uh is seated ahead of of um anthony abedin who anthony abedin Anthony Abedin beat Anthony Ashnall twice this season, I believe. Uh, he has less losses. Um, I guess the losses don't so much matter. Um, but uh, Ashnall to seven, Abedin's a nine. It, do you make these seeds available to the coaches and could say in Nebraska come to you and say, hey, listen, uh, we don't quite agree with this. Um, is there an ability to, to move Abedin ahead of Ashnall? Or something, okay. something like that. I see what you're saying. Like you're saying afterwards, after the seeds come out. Like if you, I don't, yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't get the impression that that's an opportunity. Um, you know, once it's been once it's been established, because we well, I think I think then you come in. You, I mean, that would be a mess if you were doing that, because then you would just be right. You'd be changing so many things and going back. I mean, every coach would would try to make their argument. Right. Re back and or revisit it and take forever. I, I don't think once it's been, you know, once it's been established by our committee. Now, what the coaches do have an opportunity to do is that, you know, they're supposed to be going in and updating their notes in the system. So we get a we get a, a sheet of everyone's notes, right? So so when we're in tough decisions, uh, of course we can pull up season record forms too. But but a season record form doesn't tell the whole story. So there's an opportunity on guys to to put notes in. And so if you're doing this right and you're Going into the uh, to the um, track wrestling system as you enter results, you know you when you put in your starters and you put who they are, you can put, you know, hey, beat so and so two times, beat this guy, this guy's, a, you know, here's his RPI, this and that, and that stuff was really helpful when we got down to the nitty gritty because, you know, it's easy for you know everyone on the committee to to not know all the little intricacies of everyone, and we would pull things up and. Some coaches were really good about putting notes in, and it was very helpful. Others didn't, and, and maybe some things got overlooked. And um, so I would say, you know, educating the coaches on taking that portion of the of it serious is important. You know, really important. You know, to put notes in about your guys, especially your guys you think are going to be seated. You know, if you if you feel like you're going to have a guy that's in the hunt for being seated, put those things in there so that when we get down to the nitty gritty, we can have something to look at. Well. Coach, I believe that um, you know you. This is uh, the, the system, and you mentioned that maybe it needs to be overhauled um, to a pretty high degree potentially. And I, I, I think I have to agree that there's just some huge, huge things that stand out to me that that suggest um, this is not the best way to go about seeding the most important tournament of the season. And and with that, I, I feel like um, the, the people you have in the room, I think you. Um, there's got to be people that can have a more dialed-in approach, and you and Coach Minkle obviously have have your finger on the pulse. But at the same time, um, you know, you you know your guys, and but we can't expect administrators and and, and this and that to really have the full uh, understanding. I think you need to reach out, and I think the committee needs to be comprised not just of people that are coaches, but of people that are. Um, day in day out plugged into the results and what's going on because there's a reason that these are so diametrically opposed to all the national rankings not just flow wrestling it, it's because it you're using things that you know rankers from for years have determined that have value and you're just this committee is just discounting them so i think you're right and i hope that you do leave them with the recommendations if i were a coach I would have no interest in being on this committee, and I commend you for being on it because I think it's you're just kind of you're hung out to dry because the system uh, seems to kind of fail you and, and the and the rest of the rest of the teams. Am I right? Well, I would say this. I would say that that number one, I think the people that are on that committee do. I mean, they're they're diligent and they're they're all in. It isn't like they're they're not trying to. Um, look into it and be serious and just want to get through of course yeah i wasn't implying they, that either yeah and, and i think you know I, I think they do a fantastic job and i enjoy i enjoy doing you know doing that volunteer work i guess with them um you know when you leave there obviously the the punches that are getting thrown and you're ducking and bobbing and weaving that i don't 
I don't mind it. You know, I, I can take it. I've been around wrestling for a long time, so I know how people react to, you know, heat of the moment things. I think some of those administrators possibly aren't ready for the barrage of, uh, you know, this, the craziness that happens in the aftermath. But, but so I feel bad for them in that regard. But I do think that one thing that has come up with NCA is that they want more coaches on the committee. Whether that's better than administrators, I'm not sure. But, you know, people, there's a process, and, and people maybe just coaches don't apply and don't want to get on it. I, I don't know. I, I was excited and intrigued when I first heard about it because I thought, okay, here's an opportunity to have a bigger voice in the sport to try to make some things and, and have an impact um, and got in there. And, you know, I see that there is a, there is a good streamlined process to make change, but, but maybe the people with the most knowledge of the sport, the coaches or whoever aren't, aren't trying to get on the committee. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I don't know what you do in that situation other than I say to my colleagues and peers out there that, that you know, when, when you get an opportunity, apply, try to get on, let's get six coaches on there. Maybe that's the right start. Maybe that will have the best impact immediately as you at least got six people that are in the trenches every day and know the most about the sport. I don't know. Um, but, but I do know that from what I've gathered time and time again, after talking to, to um, you know, the NCAA folks is they want coaches on the committee. So. Yeah. Well, that's, that's good. That's excellent. So, okay. It, it sounds to me like the April vote, um, which is, I guess, comprised of just the six committee members, is what's going to determine the change in, in a, the potential process. Is that my understanding? Yeah, I mean, I don't think I don't think there's a situation where the 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 you know we'll just say okay, just throw this out the window, and here's what we're going to do. We're going to go off a, a you know a, a weight of media rankings and coaches rank or something that's simpler. I think this process is going to stay, but we're, we need to take a hard look at, at how to fix it. Um, and I think April is that opportunity. I mean, I've shared some emails back and forth with committee members. They've talked to their coaches. They've talked to coaches. And we've got a lot of great things that we want to discuss. And so, yes, simple, simple answer is yes. April, when we reconvene after the national championships, will be our opportunity to, to really take a look at this and see if we can't tweak it to get it right for you know, moving forward. Awesome. Well, Coach, I, I really appreciate you taking the time out of yeah, your day. this was great. To have us on. I learned a lot. I'm sure everyone else learned a lot. And, um, you know, you're, you're, uh, you, you did a great job explaining it. And, um, hey, it's, it's, it's really cool that you would come on and have this time. Do you have anything else for us as, as we let you go? And we'll be seeing you soon here, I guess. No, I, I uh, enjoy, enjoy uh, many of your guys' segments. I've kind of got hooked to this one lately. And um, it's just, you know, you can never get enough wrestling wrestling talk so i appreciate what you guys are do uh you know same with me whether i whether i always agree with what you guys say or think that's neither here nor there i just appreciate what you guys are doing for the sport so well thanks a lot coach have a good day and we'll uh we'll see you in st louis thanks a lot all right sounds sounds good thanks for having me on yep see you coach so there you have it seating committee member jason borelli uh he didn't hold back he explained uh i guess as transparent as you can be it's a very complicated process as you can kind of glean the word matrix was in there and um you know grid <laughs> grid you know there were grids involved you know, so it's uh it, i was really i was really happy of, uh with how forthcoming he was you know I, I didn't know what the situation was maybe he couldn't divest certain information but um i i think he was really open and candid and and man that was enlightening to me yeah i'm enlightened um and I, we kind of had our suspicions confirmed. Losses do not matter. Yeah. You you could lose to anybody. That's how you get a Mastriani at seven. That's how you get a Boyle at five. And uh, it, it they don't matter. They don't matter, Willie. So well, and that's not really thing, his fault either. I mean, it's like no, no. And you you nailed it because you said um, that you applaud him for being on and that, that you know they're kind of hung out to dry. They're going to take a lot of criticism. It's almost uh, you know the system that they have has their hands tied and they're going to take a lot of criticism and 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 there's no it's a thankless job um that being said it sounds like Borelli really uh wants to make his thoughts known so that the next administration um can make some tweaks uh to make it better but the scary part to me was that he said um when the coaches put into the database, you know, Abedin, Abedin beat Ashnault two times and, and 
that was those kind of things were helpful, but sometimes maybe they don't they didn't always make those footnotes. I mean, to me, that's scary. To to me, that that they need to have footnotes uh, is super scary. I mean, they shouldn't have to have those footnotes. And this is why, no disrespect to the coaches, right? But you know how they have that. That I've argued for years that. They have this coaches ranking, this coaches panels ranking, mm -hmm. and I don't agree with that one iota because uh, coaches are coaching. Coaches have to coach their team, organize practice, manage their squads, organize travel. They're busy. I, 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 there's no doubt in my mind that a guy like you or another ranker uh, is more diligent about wins and losses and and knowing them and marking them down than a, a college coaches yeah. that's why i never put any stock in the college coaches ranking the panel ranking and um i just see it as an inferior thing you can't they don't have time to pay attention to every result they right don't. i mean they wouldn't they wouldn't want me to come in and start teaching single legs so why why are they going to come in and start doing rankings i i agree i i mean I don't think there should really be a, a you know, I the emails I get I, from a lot of coaches, they know everything about their guy, but they just right. don't, they don't have that picture of the national landscape. They don't know that this guy that's ranked ahead of their guy, all the wins he's got, all they know is their head-to-head. -head. So, and I'm not faulting them. I'm glad, uh, and sometimes the coaches are right, shoot, but uh, most of the time they just don't have a, a firm grasp of the landscape. And I think, not just me, I think if we got a couple rankers on there, we – and we had a voice anyways, we could at least fix the glaring errors. And there are just some glaring ones. But really, until you factor in losses, um, I don't think you're, you're – a, a bad win and uh, or a bad loss and a good win, for me, have equal ranking, ranking movement. And the fact that one has great movement, a good win, and the doesn't, that's just – that's just kind of where it starts and, and ends with me. So I, it sounds like Coach Borelli has some recommendations that are in line with getting this thing fixed. We got to hope the other five um, feel similarly. And yeah, that's I kind mean, of also yeah, my point. Uh, yes, they are dialed in, and I wasn't inferring that they, they don't take it seriously. My point was no. how dialed in can you possibly be when you're, when you're an administrator? When you're – you, you know what I mean? It's like that's, it's impossible. That's it. Right, that's exactly that's exactly my point. That's exactly why I don't get down with the coaches' panels rankings. That's exactly why I don't think um, people that are less dialed in should be doing seating when it, it, it. Okay, so on one hand, it comes down to minute details, right? Mm -hmm. Like you cannot you cannot justify to me uh, Anthony Abedin with four losses to Ashnault six and two head-to-head -head wins, including a win on the final day of the regular season, uh, being two spots behind. It makes no sense. Um, and you can't justify Devin Carter being a four, and you can't justify Mastriani being a seven. It, and, that's, mean, and that's the thing. These administrators, they don't know it's egregious to have Devin Carter at four. No. They don't so, know. Uh, uh, what do yeah, they know? Uh, on one hand, it's very minute details. On the other hand, um, it's not minute. It's 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 big picture. Joe Fan from South Dakota can look at the bracket and say, "What the heck?" Yeah, yeah. I, I uh, so I I don't know if I feel better or worse ab about it, um, but I do feel like there's a little clarity there as to why it is scary to me. Um, some of the things that are implemented and um, that they needed footnotes from coaches. Um, that's, that's concerning. That shouldn't be, hey, no coach has ever sent me a footnote. How about you, Willie? What, what, what was that? I'm sorry. I missed the question. I was saying how they were relying on coaches footnotes. And I said, I've never got a, a footnote from a coach with details for, of their athlete season of you. Uh, no, like you said, like you said about when coaches email you for rankings, you know, for high school rankings, the dads and the moms they send every relevant piece of information about their son <laughs> yeah. and, and, and why he should be ranked or ranked higher. And they don't have the full scope. They don't have the whole landscape. And, and I don't think the coaches really do that either. I mean, some of them, some of them, must, but I mean, if you, 
I mean, basically, Christian, uh, you know, I'm not this this show isn't set up to advocate for Christian Piles to be on the seating committee, but uh, uh, Christian, you get a paycheck for doing what you do. Yeah. Full t- full time. Yeah. It's your full time job. Uh, so a guy that his sole purpose in life is to uh, accumulate data on college rankings. Why wouldn't a guy like you be a better fit than than on the seating committee than other the people that are on there? Yeah, yeah, it's it's a good question. There's other people that that applies to as well. Um, sure. I, I think different voices are, are needed, just different voices, and they don't have to be under the NCAA umbrella. Um, but I, I feel like we go around now. And around on, this you know, on on right, you can. We could talk about this forever. The the good thing that one of the great things I got from Borelli is that there um there's a system that's trying to be fair. It's just not. It's just yeah. doesn't. It's just not. Fair. There's just, just key components that are that are neglected that can't be neglected, um, and and that's why you've got that's why it's a, it's flawed to to a fairly substantial degree. I mean, they get it close, they do some things, but it's just not uh, a few little tweaks at every weight, and it could be you know spot on and accurate, and instead you get some really really wonky things that. Uh, and hey, one thing we know is you know where you're putting a bracket. You can you can say that oh oh wrestle who's in front of you or it doesn't matter you got to win five no if seating matters there's a reason we're getting wrapped up about it and don't let don't let the um don't let anyone tell you that it doesn't and that it you know doesn't impact your future and how you're going to score so it does matter um there's a reason they do it. And, you know, if you're a wrestler, yeah, your mentality can't be getting wrapped up in that. But don't pretend it doesn't matter. And um, I just want to see it done right. And in a, what's going to be an incredibly close team race, um, what if the maze seating um, is the difference or the Eblin? Who, know, who knows? Absolutely. Absolutely. It, it could be. It, it, I mean, you know, it, it, if you try to marginalize – the seeds and you, and you go that route and you say, well, just you wrestle who's in front of you. Uh, that's lazy. And that's, and, and you're missing that. It plays a factor, a huge factor in determining the national team champions. Yeah. And we want the, the right one. Now it could, you know, that's not to say, you know, Iowa or Ohio state just could come out and win. Anyways, they, they certainly can, but I'm just saying it matters. It's a, it's a factor. And, I'd like to see it improve slightly. I, they don't have to be my rankings to a, you know, the full degree. And I would understand things like not seeding Jesse Delgado, even though I have him ranked in the top ten. Now, things like that I'd understand, but I think there's there needs to be another voice in there. Now let's let's t- uh, first of all one quick correction. Uh, I brought up Jesse Tilkey because I just I I wanted to understand the the process and the point system and but Jesse Delgado was not in that large so. I was off there, but uh, talking about the team race, and, and uh, we want to do a full bracket breakdown and really kick butt on that, and, and like that's that's the thing that me and CP are licking our chops about, is, right. is to go through the brackets, and we really want to do that, um, but we're going to do that on Monday, so um, definitely come back for that. It's going to be it's going to be really fun for us, and, and hopefully fun for you, but. Talking about these seeds and talking about how it plays into um, possibly determining or helping or hurting the chances of, of the team race, uh, let's spend the last 12 minutes looking through, looking through that and see um, how, how it might affect that, Christian. Yeah, well, we'll just start at 25. I think Gilman um, was definitely harmed by the seating, sitting at the 6. He'll have silver first, which is fine. He should, um, although silver's hard to score on, we probably won't see bonus points there. But then he's got Conaway round two, and those two have had um, tight matches both times. Uh, and then he gets Dance in the in the quarters, who he's lost to. So he's got a tough draw there. Um, and then he'd have Nashon after that. I think it's a terrible road for Gilman. Yeah. And again, again, we're we're being. We're being like Monday morning quarterbacks here, right? Sure. Or, uh, and, you know, Thomas Gilman very well could uh, run the gauntlet and do it, but it, you don't want to have that road. You'd rather have Sean, well, maybe not Sean Boyles, but you'd rather be in a different spot. Um, and, and and the other 
factor here at 125. Alan Waters, in my opinion, uh, now these guys are very qual uh, high quality guys, um, but in my opinion, Waters walks to the finals. I agree. I think he makes. I think he beats Tomasello. Tomasello, the beneficiary of the Boyle seed, in my opinion, because I think it's a nice matchup for Nate. And, oh uh, yeah. And he I mean, he wins there as opposed to. I mean, how good are you feeling if you're an Ohio State fan? He's got Gilman there, and you just watch that match. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I mean, uh, you're jumping for joy. In my opinion, uh, the first bracket of the first weight is is probably the clearest I, I, as far as getting to the semis. I think it's Waters and Tomasello and Goodnight and Dance Nation uh, in that other semi. Uh, so so um, a thumbs up for thumbs up for Missouri in in one twenty five and kind of thumbs down for Iowa just on paper. Right, just on uh, you know, paper. On, uh, just on paper, what is good draw, uh, Gilman bad draw? Though Ohio State, nice draw for them as well. You know, getting, True, true, getting, very true. So it's two thumbs up and a thumbs down in a way. Um, but that can be turned on its head. All right, so top dogs at 33. How do you see their their roads? Signing, uh, not, really not a factor at 33 probably for, for them. Um same and we didn't look at 25 for Minnesota, but Lezak not really in the mix. Dardanes, pretty tough, pretty tough draw, kind of feisty. Uh, Shram in round one's not a cupcake though; he'll win. Then Harding probably. Then he'll have Shop in the quarters. Right. So uh, you don't feel great about that. You no, that's not that's not great. We mentioned that one. So we won't talk too much. We already mentioned that one. Did Julius? I like his draw. Heilman probably. Then Brewer, who he's never lost to. Uh, then Zane Richards, and that's probably one where I maybe favor Zane a touch, um, but it's hard to say. Are uh, you? What? Come on, man. What? You're just completely discounting my boy Dcam. Not at all. Not at all. I like. All right. What do you, What do you want me to say? I, I, Don't just say it's gonna be Richards. That's a tough match for Zane Richards, but I I just think getting to that single is gonna be tough against Zane. Okay. Okay. But uh, uh, so so a, a kind of a decent draw for Johnny D. Uh, bad, uh, in my opinion, it's a bad draw for Dardanes. You, you're the number one seed. You don't want AJ Shop in the quarters. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. I like uh, I like Clark's draw personally, okay. um, because you know round one no problem. Bruno I think's fine there. Hall he's never lost to. And then so good, yeah, then, good draw for Clark. And then Taylor who he's beaten. So that's nice. Um, Good draw for Clark. I mean, you're going to have to beat somebody. Uh, you're going to have to beat somebody. If you have to beat Rossi Bruno and Earl Hall, that ain't too shabby. Yeah, 41. All are complaining about LaVon Mays, and he gets a brutal draw. Brutal. Um, he gets the three. Joe Spizak round one. Willie, you like this matchup for Spizak? Are you going to put do. that on You gonna put that on the record? Uh, yeah, put it on the record. I mean, it, I mean you know. It's not, it's not, I'm not trying to be cute. I really think Spizak can go with Mays, and maybe he wins, maybe he doesn't, but if, you know, we say Mays got a gift, but Spizak being um, drawn in there, that ain't great. No. And then Heil, who he had a, a really tight one at the scuffle with, round two, then Dardanes in the quarters. I mean, it's, it's hard out here. They didn't do, they gave him, <laughs> they screwed Devin, because Devin would do fine there. But um, they didn't do him any favors as far as the draw. That's a that's a really tough draw. And then he drops down if he loses to Dardanes, which I think you know there's there's a possibility that happens. He's got Gio Martinez, so he should still place because he beat Gio pretty soundly. Jeva, I don't know about his draw. Um, I like him to get to the quarters, but he ain't beating Devin. And then he's gonna have someone, in my opinion, like uh, Ashnault. Um, in the in the final or in the round of twelve. Sorry, I lost my mind for a second there. Um, okay, so one forty nine, uh, Drake. You know he'll have to beat some solid guys and maybe Rashado and Richardson. Um, Richardson but, has given him some battles. There's those matches are always close. Don't sleep on that matchup though. You got to favor Drizzy. Okay, so you you know you favor you're you're a one seed. Your draw should be relatively uh, the best that it could possibly be. Yeah. And then and then so what do you think of Sorensen? I like his draw. Um, you know, Cobb then bites to get to the semis. That's oh I have I have bites beating Villalonga, um, which that's that is definitely an upset. But 
whatever. I, and, I like Sorensen against Villalonga as well there. So And no representative for Minnesota, so no, nothing to talk about there. 157. Uh, we're we're kind of glossing over Ohio State a little bit here. I feel like we need to not do that. Hunter Stever is oh, going to yeah, have yeah, yeah. Cody Ruggarello uh, and then Habit round two. And uh, oh, oh, Habit's definitely beating Kendrick. All right. Okay. Oh, I'll my gosh. Stop. I'm not saying that. <sighs> Anyways. <laughs> Um, Steber could beat Habit, could not. We have no idea what Hunter's going to look like there. Not an ideal draw, but hey, Habit coming off a loss to Claygon, maybe that's a nice little spot. Because if he can beat him, Steber beats Panaleo, and he's in the semis. Just like that. So um, really it's the Habit match that's the big one for, for Ohio State. So stay tuned there. Yeah, Huge matches yeah. early. I love Hunter against Ruggarello. Ruggarello did not look great at EIWAs. I saw that. Yeah, you, you raise a good point. Steber beats the Habit Kindig winner, and he's in semis. Yeah, yeah. In, in my opinion, that's going to be the case. Um, 157, um, most of the teams don't have big-time contenders here. I have Demas um, losing to Ness in the quarters, and then in the round of 12, I think he's going to have Doug Welch, and I think he wins. Um, so he places like 8th or 7th or so. And uh, Kelly is not going to be much of a factor for Iowa. Lavalley gets the nine seed, but he draws Bruschetta, who I think he loses to. So mm-hmm. that's tough. That's and, a uh, tough one. I do think he claws back to the round of 12, but then he falls there. So um, Ohio State catches up just a tad there at 157. All right, 165. 65. Rough you draw. Have, you have Bojo with one of the worst draws in the tournament. He'll have to go uh, Palacio, Sulzer, Derringer. Good luck. Yeah, well, uh, he, he ain't. I mean, that, he's not a finalist this year. Or even if he's on the bottom side, I, you can't feel that good about it. Um, so, yeah, Bo, you know, but he could probably wrestle back for third or fourth, probably fourth. Um, I think I think that's, uh, you know, fair. If he can get some bonus along the way, that would be huge to get those legs in and, and have some people over. That's big. Uh, Nick Moore drawing Pierce Harger in the first round. Maybe that's good. Maybe that's bad. I don't know. But... If he can beat Harger, he should make it to the quarters because um, I think he beats Jim Wilson of Stanford. Um, and maybe this is just more irrational love for Nick Moore, and uh, I just can't help myself, but what the heck. I, he's beating good guys. And then Moreno in the quarters, who Moreno's been I, awesome this year. It's hard I to don't imagine. know. I don't, I don't even think Moore's beating Harger. I and, 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 he and beat him this honest, year. And to be honest, to be honest, I it, He's not beating Harger. And if it does, he's not beating Wilson. Okay, but that's my opinion. Uh, Mike, How about Mike England? Can he beat Tristan Warner? Mm, no. No? I don't think so. Tristan, okay. no. And then, he, and then he would get Taylor Walsh anyway, so. Yeah. No, okay. I, I, don't, I don't foresee a run there by England. So uh, not a good run. Not a, not a good draw for Missouri at 65. Um, 74. So, Eblen, um, let's go Missouri first. I have him losing uh, in the quarters to Blaze Butler. Who else? And then uh, probably having Mark Martin in the round of 12 or Taylor Masses. So, I feel good about Eblen placing, um, but I don't know how high he gets. Maybe fifth or sixth or so. Um, and then we've got Iowa. Can Eblen? Eblen what, is, what, is, what is the Eblen? Can Eblen beat Tanner Weatherman? Um, he has. He beat him at the scuffle, I believe. Um, yeah, he can. Weatherman's tough, though. Yeah, I know, you, you, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, you cannot sleep on that match, but I feel like Eblen's been a little more. Can Mark Martin go with Zach Epperly? Yeah, they did. They went to, like, tiebreaker 500 at uh, Virginia Tech. That was a super close match. Okay, so that, that could be a huge one. Mark Martin has Curtis Juleson first round and the winner of Epperly and Don't Nate. sleep on Juleson. I, I, I know, but uh, let's, say, know. Sorry. let's say let's say Martin Epperly, and that's a huge match, huge match for Ohio State. Now, the, the winner gets Matt Brown, but still those – Who Epperly that, beat. That, that advancement, yeah, right. So um, about so, yeah. as expected there. For Let's, all the, yeah, all I, the well, we didn't go Iowa's draw. Evans, he'll have Storley in the quarters. Which that'll be fun to watch. Um, if he wins yeah, there, he'll have Brown. Who see, knows? that's what I'm talking about. These stupid seeds play into it. Like, that's that hurts Iowa bad. 
bad, bad. And I maybe mean, you, I'm not saying Evans does. I'm not saying Evans loses, but, but you, I'm saying you don't want that. You could have Eblen there or Storley. Who? I mean, ask a hundred wrestling fans. Who? Who do you want to wrestle there? Eblen right. or Storley or Butler? I mean, it's not. It's just not close. Uh, so right. Evans not done any favors there. But hey, you get guys you know you can beat. He'll get. Um, Storley and then Brown, who he's you know beaten on occasion. Right. So let's go. Let's go a couple minutes overtime here. We're not little, we're little OT, little sudden victory. Um, Brooks's draw is not great for Iowa. He's got Abinator round two. Um, that's, that's tough. tough. I mean, he lost to Abinator in a tight one that was the definition of a coin flip match. He kind of lost his mind late there at uh, in the duel at Carver Hawkeye. Um, I have Brooks actually winning that match and then falling to Dean, um, which puts him in the round of 12 um, against Farr, who he's beaten. So I think Brooks places uh, somewhere around 7th or 8th or so. And uh, so for Ohio State, Kenny Quartz, Zilmer round one. That's not a great draw for Kenny. Uh, Zilmer, a lot of people maybe haven't seen enough of Hayden Zilmer. Hayden Zilmer can wrestle. Oh, yeah. Um, That's going to be tough. Then he's got Boyd in the second round of wrestlebacks and then even if he beats Boyd he's gonna have Vic Avery after that so you can't expect I mean Avery handled him in the duel so that's not great and uh for Ohio State now for Missouri Miklas unseated which is surprising to me and uh he's and got he Lo- Thomas he's got Lorenzo Thomas that's not a great matchup uh Lorenzo and is, even if he wins he has, he has Brown yeah who who already beat him this year so that's not a great draw I have Miklas Dropping down to face Abinator. If he loses and Abinator loses to Brooks, he'll have Abinator in like his first wrestleback match. That's brutal. Yeah, that's not tough. Good. And I think he I think Abinator beats him, but I could be that's a super close match. Now that's if he beats if he beats Abinator, he'll beat Dudley. He'll be in the round of twelve against Zilmer. Um, which who knows there, but I I favor Zilmer. Um, so that's eighty four. Ninety seven uh, Kyle Snyder, I have him making the semis, beating Schiller in the quarters. Cannot gloss over that match at all. That's going to be a tough one. Burak, I have hitting the quarters uh, against Gadsden, though he had a tough. I mean, he had a late, late win over Polizzi, I think, in the duel. Um, so you can't discount Polizzi in that second round matchup against Burak. You got to win there. Uh, then he's. I don't think Burak can beat Gadsden at all. And. Um, so he'll drop down, and he'll have someone like Nye or Jace Bennett in the round of 12, which you feel good about that matchup if you're Nathan Burak. Um, looking at um, who we need to look at, Missouri, Jaden. Uh, Jaden all day. Yeah, Jaden rolls to the semis. And I think he, yeah. And then we get. I mean, Max Huntley's, I, I, man, I love Max Huntley's season, and, and he kind of, I don't know, he kind of blew a match against Schiller at Big Tens, but um, I just. I don't think he can't finish th- shots on Burak. How's he gonna finish on Jaden? You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. Uh, so, uh, but then we get Jaden Snyder for not only a shot, stop, a spot in the finals. Not only is it one of the most anticipated matches, but with huge team ramifications. Jaden mm-hmm. Snyder in the semis. I think it's going to happen, and it's going to be fantastic. Um, 100. But we thought we were going to see it two other times this year. And, I know. And the gods uh, prevented it, so we can't get too excited. 285. Um, how have the matchups gone? I'm thinking of Minnesota. Uh, how have the matchups gone with McCall and Schiller? McCall and McCall and Schiller? Yeah. I mean Schiller. I mean I don't even know if they've wrestled, but Schiller. Well, I know, but have they been close? I I don't know. I can't. Um, that's a non. That's a non-topic yeah, for this, you. That's a non-topic. Okay. Sorry. All right. One more weight to go. Heavyweight. Uh. For Minnesota, the first the first contender, team contender, Mike Krells is the nine. He'll get lost in the quarters and Gwiz. Or he'll get lost in second round and Gwiz in the quarters. Yeah, I think I think Lawson beats Krells. Um yeah. and then where do I have I have Krells um winning beating Brooks Black, then beating Knutson and before losing to Kuhn in the round of twelve. So I think Krells is round of twelve, so not meaningful points there. Telford, not a great draw for the three seed. You got Kuhn in the quarters who beat him already this year, and then McMullen after that. Uh, I think Telford gets third here, but, man, there's going to be a lot of moments where he can lose. Um, Well, yeah, but here's the thing. Uh, Heavyweight's so deep, man. It's like you can – 
So some weights where you say good draw, bad draw, but there's not any, there's not a whole lot of great draws at heavyweight to begin with. Well, I mean, Mike McMullen's going to have either Blaze Cobble or Ty Walls in his quarter, and Telford has Adam Kuhn. So there's some disparity, and Gwiz is going to have Lawson or Krells. So there, it's there's a difference yeah, there. Yeah, but I mean, but I, and, I mean, look, Marston's going to have Medbury. I mean, right. Well, there's, if we're talking about for Telford, Telford's never lost to Medbury or Marston. Um, but he's lost three times to Coon. So there's only a, like two other guys in a in a quarter that he would you know have trouble right, with, and that's right. one of them. So um, it's tough uh, for and him. Then, and then our final team contender that we're talking about, anyway, uh, Mellon. Mellon. Um, well, we didn't get to Tavanello. Um, but Mellon. Uh, well, the... Tavanello's losing to Walls first round. Yeah. Uh, so, but but what do you think about Mellon? Mellon draw. Where's his seat? I'm looking for him. Help he's me. He's an out. 11. Okay. Uh, yeah. So oh, yeah. He he's have... going to have Nathan Butler. He's going to lose to Kuhn, drop down. Um, I think he makes the round of 12 and loses to Lawson. And that's a winnable match. So, Mellon with a shot to place. Um, I, I like his draw, honestly. Um, I like his wrestle back path. And I like, yeah, that, that looks pretty good for Devin. Yeah, out of Bracky the 11th says, spot. Bracky says no. Stat Boy says no. He nope. doesn't like Mellon's draw. Well, I don't know what's not to like. He doesn't have... Um, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. I mean, if, if he's not likely to place, but, you know, he's he's got a shot. That's... All right. Well, those are those are the draws for the contenders and maybe how it uh, plays into the team race. Overall, holistically, Christian, is there any one team that you said... Um, like out of Missouri, Minnesota, Ohio State, Iowa, is there anyone over over the whole global picture uh, that gets a bump or a knockdown because of good or bad seeds? I, I'm not sure. I don't think so. I don't think there is. I think it kind of evened itself out with the maze draw being so tough, um, yeah. despite being the three seed. I think that negated a lot. Um, you know, it. I think it's been. Benef- no, I actually don't. I actually. I don't. mean, I think. Quite honestly, I think Ohio State is sitting about as good as they could. Yeah, I agree with that. That I agree with. But they still got some guys that got to step up. I and mean, wrestle yeah, over they have heads. to. They have to wrestle out of their minds. But on, I mean, could it be better for them? I mean, I don't think it could be better for them. Yeah, Bo. Bo could certainly be better, but Bo, yeah, he yep, brought that right. on himself. So, well, that's you're it. Right. We could talk about this for another two hours. We made it. We went seven minutes OT. Um, right. Thank you. Thank you to Jason Borelli. Man, was he awesome. That or was what? great. That was great. We'll make him and, a regular. Uh, don't miss our Monday show. It's going to be awesome. Uh, and then um, we're going to break down all the brackets, make our picks. Um, that show will probably not uh, go regulation. That'll probably be overtime as well. Uh, and then Wednesday, Christian, on site at NCAAs, going to have a great show there as well. So hopefully. Hope you guys continue to listen to FRL. Yep, thanks a lot, guys. We'll see you next time.